When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, well, well. Hello, Ben. <laughs> if it isn't the how are you? If it isn't the consequences of my own actions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, serious. Uh, I. So there, there's a time in every Iowa football season where it stops being about how Iowa wins and it starts being ju- just frickin' win. And I think when it comes to the rivals, that's that's ultimately the point, right? I mean, especially with Minnesota, it is fun to see them lose in as riotous of fashion as possible. And to get there, Iowa has to play on that razor's edge. Harrison, you're talking to a guy who still has his rejection letter from the University of Minnesota, someone who grew up as a Minnesota fan his whole life, someone whose dad is a Minnesota fan, someone whose grandfather has his name on buildings on the University of Minnesota campus. And this couldn't feel any better because (laughs) fuck them, fuck them all. (laughs) Because this feeling right now is better than any therapy session (laughs) I've ever been to because I mean, Who hates Iowa? (laughs) Um, Not this guy, right? I mean, what I always, I walk into my house today or my parents' house and I'd say, what is your favorite win over Iowa of the PJ Fleck era, Harrison? And what is the answer to that question? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I actually think that the COVID year. That one, just because... No, 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 no. I asked them what's P.J. Fleck's oh. favorite... What's their favorite one of P.J. Fleck over Iowa? And, oh, yeah. they respond just like stunned silence. Yes. Like, you're going to really talk smack <laughs> while you're living under our roof. Also, it's like we ran for 300 yards and scored 10 points. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. Both coach. I think we said it last year, too. Both coaches tried everything they could to lose this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what – so so I was thinking very specifically about about this because it, it was so weird when it happened at the time. One, when Ibrahim, they had to call the timeout because of his face mask. And I had the horrible tweet with the horrible picture of Nathan Fielder where it's like, Iowa is just – they're letting Ibrahim wear himself out. 
and he fumbled two or three plays later. And then the next drive, he takes himself out on a second down play. And I'm like, that's weird. They run it again, put put themselves in like third and six, third and seven, and have they don't have to throw it, but they choose to throw it. They put it in. You've made this joke in your power Ooh. rankings, I think, multiple times. A, a, a kid named Athens' hands, and it was a fine throw. But Riley Moss, incredible coverage. Jack Campbell with the non pick six heard around the world, and like. I think it worked, like, to just let – like, Iowa was just able to take so many body blows that he he just spun P.J. Fleck up once again into, you know, a, a twisted brain. Rope-a-doping Minnesota into Kirk Ferentz's mind palace is truly, like – the funniest way to put into this, like, yeah, I'm going to call Ethan Mr. Alphabet for the next four years because you know he's going to be Minnesota's quarterback for uh, as long as you can imagine, just like Tanner. And it's like you think about all the crazy – I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the pick six that wasn't later, I guess, but it's always to, like, nitpick all these coaching decisions, like first – I think first quarter, Minnesota – kicked a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one when you have Muhammad Abraham Kirk Mm -hmm. not Kirk not taking any timeouts with just under a minute left to close of the second half when it looked like they could have at least gotten a field goal on that drive um running out of shotgun in the third and fourth quarter uh with Petrus like risking a bad snap when that looked like it was going to happen all day long like scary Weird, scary coaching stuff, not even, like, accounting. You know, I watched that game outside in Arizona. So, like, <laughs> thinking, even, like, considering the 15-degree and 25-mile-per-hour wind conditions wasn't even an option at times, like, totally discounting that. But it's so tough for me because, obviously, I feel like I should be eating a little bit of crow. Yeah. As down as I was on Iowa. <clears throat> Just not even, you know, just last week, the week before that, the week before that, the week before that. But now it's like, I mean, you put it in our Slack. We're going to win the Big Ten West two years in a row. Yeah, and that's why you play. That's the goal. I I mean, sure. Did it only only take eight wins from the Big Ten West? Should Illinois have won today? Should and should Iowa have beaten Illinois? It's like, I mean, that's college football. It's all what ifs. I kept on saying if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. And right now, for better or for worse, it looks like Iowa football could have a very Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I I, kind of want to kind of tie this back to the Ohio State game because I think what was funniest in the moment about Ohio State versus like you kind of take that maybe not the similar mindset but like the inverse of the mindset everyone came away just so impressed with Iowa's defense against a team that put up 50 some points I can't even remember the number 
And granted, and they ended up tallying less yards than this Minnesota team. And everyone's just going haywire on Twitter. The defense is not, they did its job because you're not supposed to have them score points, but they gave up 399 yards. This is the most yards Iowa has ever given up. I think part of it was, and Rob had it on, on Twitter. He's like, this, so many people avoid what special teams means. And special teams means that Iowa pinned Minnesota twice at inside the five-yard line, one on a return because of the previous one. So they forced them to go 95 yards, and they couldn't. And they racked up all the yards that, you know, look great in a box score. But ultimately did not put points on the board. And and it's just, I do wonder if this was maybe just the most absurd way that, that Kirk Ferentz brought PJ Fleck into his mind palace because Ibrahim, I've got this set up. The only person other than Ibrahim to score or rush for 250 yards or more against Iowa is Jonathan Taylor. In 2019, 31 uh, attempts, 8.1 yards per attempt. Ibrahim wasn't there. He was at 6.7. But, man, just just a totally wild game. Totally wild. <clears throat> I mean, that was a, that was a blueprint yeah. to beat Iowa. And yes. they just, what? They ran out of building materials, supply chain issues, right? Like... Truly, yeah, I think it's been beaten to death, but it's like you look at a blind box score, and how do you not think that ha- that has points uh, omitted from it? How do you not think Iowa beat, or how do you not think Minnesota didn't beat Iowa by three scores? Truly. Yeah. yeah I mean, any, I, I think anytime you rush for 200 or more yards, you expect to come away with the win. Like that. I mean, at least in the Big Ten, yeah, at least in the Big Ten. I I want to talk about that. What did we have at half? Iowa had four rushing yards at half. I'm I'm pretty sure it was four total, accounting for sacks, those included. And it's like – and also, too, it it felt like – I can't remember which – I think it was the second – or third quarter where – Gavin, where it's Caleb Johnson had an 18 yard run, and then another, I think Gavin Williams had another 18 or 19 yard run, and then yes. they start, and then they start passing, and it's like it, it, Kirk was trying. They're both coaches are playing into each other's hands. There, um, it feels like Caleb Johnson is so moved so far ahead of the other two guys. Like they were give, I know they gave the ball to Gavin Williams on like a third and twenty. And it was like, yes, let's hand the ball off to our slowest running back on uh, on third and twenty. It's like, also, let's let's run out, let's run a let's run out of shotgun on third and twenty two. It's just <clears throat> weird, like weird game. But again, you know, like it, <laughs> it, the the sum, I guess, was greater than its parts, and that's just sort of how Iowa football is. Right. It is. And like, I thought the offense was like, it, it was really kind of good in the first, I don't know, quarter and a half. And that's what really blew my mind. And I don't, this is a, another we had point ten that, po- right. It was 10 points in the first quarter. 
and then didn't score again until the final 90 seconds, not final 30 seconds. Yeah. And it was like the, I, I think it was just because as, as Rob had said, Iowa just didn't, or excuse me, Minnesota just didn't have a way to stop Laporta. Like, how how do you not have a way to stop the one guy that Petrus locks most onto? And I do think Iowa was doing some of the things I like to see them do in terms of the slant routes. Um, Laporta, Breck had one. Um, and they got more vertical at times. And I think that because the one to Brecht inside the, you know, the um, shadow of Iowa's own goalposts, uh, that was one instance. And then obviously the more or less ball don't lie play to Luke Lachey right down the middle. It's like, yep. I, I, I don't, what I don't understand is Brian Ferentz, every single time he moves inside of opponent territory, you see a shot play. And somehow Minnesota wasn't quite ready for it. The first time it happened, they were ready for it. The second time it happened, the one you described after two big runs, and then, you know, they get the sack. And then they weren't ready for it on the biggest play of the game, where Iowa's got the ball in Minnesota territory, and they're just not ready for it. I think, I wonder if uh, Petrus took a deeper uh drop back than normal like it almost was like he sprinted to a spot and launched from even further down the field but man it's just a totally wild game totally wild how many times the only thing I honestly the only thing I wrote down in my notes app following that game is how many times we run a tight end screen over the middle because I think my I think my head count is seven times seven oh no I mean not eight <laughs> <laughs> they ran it the first time to great effect. Yes. Um, they ran the the tunnel screen on the second the, I think it was that same drive to kind of get Iowa into a little better field goal range, and then they ran it a third time to Lachey on that what I thought could have been the last drive of the game, and it's just like why are you doing this now? <laughs> it's just, I, it worked earlier. It's just like the classic. We're, we're mashing buttons in NCAA football, the video game. It's like, okay, that works at the very beginning of the game. Let's see if they forgot about the one play that gashed them. And they did not. And also, like, thank God, too, like, Luke Lachey is really, really good. And I think he's going to be great next year after Laporta leaves and goes to the NFL. It's like, what, what happens this game, too, if Iowa isn't tight end university? And we don't have anybody, and Petrus doesn't have another 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, 230-pound guy to throw to. And again, the what-if game is stupid, but it's just so – that's just, I mean, Iowa football, and it also makes you think, too, I feel like that's, like, the easiest thing to defend against. I feel like P.J. Fleck doesn't watch past Iowa games because we've yeah. beaten Minnesota the exact same way. Every single time. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm trying to think, did they have any turnovers last year? Because, like, I, I don't think they did in the course of the game. But then they didn't in the course of the game either. So, like, they, they're just playing right into the way Kirk wants to play. And, yeah. 
I, maybe he just watches old uh, Iowa Minnesota games. Maybe that's how he scouts Iowa because it's just it, it's baffling. Scout, it's so yeah. baffling. It, it is pretty bitty. It is pretty baffling. Like, wouldn't you? I don't even know how, how to explain it. Really, I guess like. I'm I'm not going to say PJ is coaching for his job because I don't think he is, but it feels like he doesn't. And maybe I think we complain about this about Kirk Ferentz where he doesn't place any more importance on a game or a team. Oh yeah. And it feels like PJ doesn't do this for Iowa where it's like, how do you not make this? I I was reading some, uh, uh, an article, I think where it's now for every uh, starting last year, every, Michigan practice, they have like a two minute Ohio State drill where they scream, like they start blasting the music, and it's all, I think they might play Ohio State's fights on, and it's just all full pads, full 100% tackling. And they said it helped them beat Ohio State last year. And I feel like <laughs> it's eight years in a row. <laughs> like, I feel like his next contract, his next extension has to include you got to beat Iowa. Otherwise, we are not. We are. We are. We're changing the locks, because how many times has PJ Fuck needed to beat Iowa to to win the Big Ten West or have an op keep the door open to win the Big Ten West? It just hasn't happened. We're talking about PJ Fleck too much, I think, too, right now, and maybe should probably be talking about as much as I. I shouldn't say I hate to say it, but like talk about the full trophy cabinet. Not full, I guess, but right now, 50% full trophy cabinet Iowa has right now with a chance of making it 75% full next week. Yeah, I think it's super important. Um, You obviously love to see it, and as just the nature of the season goes on, when you play a rival, it, it really doesn't matter how you beat them. It's just come out with the trophy and I would did. And I think to your point, like the fact that, you know, beating Wisconsin, even in a down year, that's important. And it built kind of this or continued to build on the foundation of, okay, I was hit rock bottom. The West still has a path and they've gotten, the help that they need to be there. And to me, I think there's maybe even more to take from this season than last season in terms of like Iowa's resilience, because I think last season they lost to two teams who had constantly been Iowa foils, right? In Purdue and Wisconsin. And that was the nadir. So you had kind of all of that animosity built up that was like multi-year. And then to lose to two teams that are better than you, obviously losing to Iowa State stinks, how they lost Dunk. Losing to Illinois stinks. But here they are, right, five and three. And you can stomach two of the three losses. The third one, in some ways, it's like the Iowa State game in terms of how it flipped right because what was it 2008 was the last time that Illinois had beat Iowa but by having 
trophies in some ways, I think for a fan base, it's even more important than going to Indianapolis because those are things where you can send them to the state fair for a day and fans can take their picture with Floyd and whether that unfairly puts emphasis on these games, Kirk has identified them as more important. And, you know, I don't know how different this felt though. Like, I just think that Petrus played really pretty well and the defense came through when they had to. And ultimately, you know, that's, that's why you play like, it is weird, though, like, the defensive line, like, I said, we said, oh, we're not going to nitpick, and then let's go ahead and nitpick. The defensive line, after having, like, two or three games where they were living in an opponent's backfield, only two tackles for loss, zero sacks. I thought there was a stretch where Shannon played really well um, on that drive where Ibrahim fumbled, but really not, not Iowa's best game, just if it – is there stuff to take from that, or is it just, okay, Michigan beat Iowa this way, Illinois beat Iowa this way, Minnesota has that strength, they're going to try and beat Iowa this way, and they arguably played better than both Illinois and Michigan in some respects, but they couldn't do it. And as we've said multiple times, the points are ultimately what matters. Cue the the – tweet of Kirk Ferentz saying yards are the most overrated stat because once again the man is correct as much as I hate PFF numbers I think they'll back me up on this I can't remember a time where Iowa has missed more tackles in a game than today and a lot of it too might have been like um, Riley Moss trying to tackle Mohamed Ibrahim but I think part of it too is I remember reading uh, on Twitter on Thursday night is I can't think of things that are less fun than trying to tackle Derrick Henry yeah. in 15-degree weather, you know, vis-a-vis the Packers-Titans game on Thursday night. And exact same thing applies, I think, today, even though, I mean, not to say Derrick Henry has 30 pounds and four inches on Mohamed Ibrahim, but <laughs> same type of deal. It's not, not to cut him some slack, but obviously there were quite a – it looked like there were a few missed tackles, even more missed assignments, a lot of – um, opposite of discipline on the edge. It seemed like for yeah. Iowa's defense events today. Um, but I mean, thankfully, <laughs> both the quarterbacks aren't going to win a lot of game. I mean, uh, are, they're both sort of you know game managers for both these teams, right? Like, what did Petrus? Did he start seven of eight, or is that incorrect? Like, he looked elite in the first quarter, and Ethan. I look back in the in the third or fourth quarter, and I see he has. I think at the start of the fourth quarter, he had eight completed passes. Yeah, and they were still it was tied, still ten ten. I mean, what else is what? Again, how many times have I said that's Big Ten football? It's Big Ten West football, but I'm watching USC UCLA right now, <laughs> and it's two different sports, really. It is. It is, and yeah, to, to your point, let's do some fact-checking. Like, Petrus was 8-9 to nine to start, so you're, I think, Even better. spot on. No, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, to your point, like, Caliente, 
Kalaik Mahmoud. What did I say? I'm going to call Mr. Alphabet from now on. Mr. Alphabet, yeah. yeah. I feel like Gary Dolphin. Um, Kalaik Manis, he started uh, 7 of 8, but the difference between his 7 and 8 and um, Petrus' 7 and 8 is that he threw, let's see, one, two, three passes in the third quarter despite Minnesota having the ball so much of the time in the third quarter. And, I mean, that was just – were you getting flashbacks a little bit to the Iowa State game this year where they just had the one drive where they go down, they score a touchdown. It's like Iowa holds them to not the exact yardage that they need to gain, but they – go they get that exact yardage to continue moving the chains on, on third downs. And it's just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Cause yeah, we look at the third downs where, where's that one? Seven to 16, three of 11 for Iowa. And man, just absolutely bonkers. I can assure you I was getting no flashbacks. Okay. To, to Iowa state. I don't think. Because the Iowa offense was moribund the entire time. Like, yeah. And it was, I guess it did start dumping rain later in the Iowa State game, but <sighs> Minnesota looked infinitely more competent than Iowa State, even, I guess, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like, so that's Without maybe question. that's that's partially why it was Iowa, you know, Minnesota was defending Iowa, whereas Iowa was just tripping over its own shoelaces against Iowa State it's, you know, you don't want to play the game. If I played Iowa State today, it'd be a totally different outcome, especially because I think Iowa State is losing right now or just lost. Um, fact check me on that, I guess. But, I mean, yeah, it's a bad season for the Cyclones, which I guess that's the only time they ever do beat Iowa too, right? Is whenever they're pretty shitty. <laughs> um, so I guess that's another microcosm of classic Kirk Ferentz football. Yeah, I think the the way I've always framed it is like Iowa State whether Iowa State beats Iowa has no bearing on the type of team they'll be but if Iowa loses to Iowa State it is potentially a predictor of more often a predictor because those have been like seven wins has been the ceiling more or less outside of oh what year was that 2002 of course um seven to three 115 left in the third quarter. Iowa State appears to be driving. So, um, good for them. A- any any final thoughts, Ben, before maybe we, we open this up a little bit? No, I would love to open it up. Um, Alrighty. But, no, I mean, final thoughts is, I guess, we have to come to terms with the fact, like, <laughs> Iowa... <laughs> Going to the Big Ten championship two years in a row <laughs> on paper, wouldn't that call for an extension for any other head coach in the country? <laughs> if he didn't already get extended until uh, 2029. He's been yes. extended He's been extended back-to-back seasons before, hasn't he, though? I think there was a point where it was like just the rolling deal. Like okay. before this Must extension. be nice. Yeah, it it must be nice. I know, I know. As <laughs> uh, college football coaches everywhere have eight figure buyouts, the best the best job in the world is to be a 
a fired college football coach. All right, if anyone wants to share their takes, let us know. You can request uh, mm-hmm. speaking capabilities. Um, yeah, if anybody was at the game, then we'll talk about what they saw, what they ate, what they smelled. Oh, there we go. We got our friend, heavy metal lawyer. Uh, I can't see requests. I'm just a listener, not a host. Okay. Oh, I see what you did then. So All right, I, did, I didn't do anything. You did it. I did it. I, yeah. You requested being a speaker, I thought. I was just so eager to get on. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. HML, how's it going? How you doing, boys? Hi. Hey. Could not be better. Good to, good to hear your voice after a win. Um, my God, it was, uh, it was tough to watch at times, I'll say that. Um, what I wanted to say is I thought Ibrahim was extremely impressive. I mean, we've known for a couple of years he's been a good back, but, man, he, he gashed us today. I mean, it almost reminded me, obviously, a different style of runner, but when Saquon Barkley just took us to town that one year, um, where we lost them at the last yeah. second there. Um, but I mean, their strategy to just run him all, all this year has been bad, I think, cause he's tired, but in this game, it actually worked out really well. I mean, I think without him, they're not competitive. And I was shocked that PJ Fleck decided to pass it there toward the end that the, the play that ended up in a pick. I mean, you got to believe if they just do not pass the ball again for the rest of the game, they win. Right. Yeah, I don't know know why they passed in the third or fourth quarter. Make, makes no sense. Believe. I mean, it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, the, their game plan up until then was really good. Um, you know, they were kind of out Ferencing Ferenc a little bit there. Um, but man, like I just had the feeling even when Ibrahim fumbled there. First, I thought that was kind of a fatigue fumble. But then I was like, we'll three and out. We'll give them the ball back. They'll drive, kick a field goal or score a touchdown. Doesn't matter. They're going to win. So I just that that play to to pass the ball. It's almost like, I mean, in hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was almost like a snake bitten coach move. Um, but yeah, glad to get the win. Um, if I could really quick make a point about brain, because I know that's on everybody's mind. <laughs> um, you know, I was talking to my brother and some other people, and they're worried about accountability at the end of the season, which I get. But, I mean, we've got a chance to win the Big Ten West. We can't worry too much about that. I think it is what it is. Either the people who can make him accountable are going to be pissed enough or they aren't. But my thoughts on him at this point is, do you guys think he's just overthinking? Because he had some good play calls today, I will say. But it's almost like every fourth or fifth one is really good and smart. But everything else is, like, set up to that instead of just, like, looking at the bigger picture and like thinking about what circumstance you're in and play calling to that and just like trying to get a few yards when you need them or trying to like set up, you know, second and third and short. It's, it's almost like he just thinks he's the smartest guy and he just will not learn. It's just the hubris. And it just, what are, what are we five or six years with him now? And he's just not getting better. So that was the other point I wanted to make, but I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. So I'll start with your second point first. And I think the thing about Brian slash brain is I just think he try he has to your point, one or two play goals every so often where it's, Hey, let's see how smart I am. Like I have to show you how smart I am by calling this play. And 
I think he fell victim to that on that three and out, which was only Iowa's second three out of the game. And like, I think Iowa, you know, deserves a lot of credit for going, you know, two thirds of the game without having a three and out. Now, of course they had three and out on back-to-back possessions at the worst time, but it, it, it just feels like two steps forward, three back often. And then I think the, the point on the, the snake bitten coach with uh, the pass on third down, the play I was afraid of was, Fleck pulling out the QB, the QB, the fake run, QB run. And that was one that they had kind of set up all game. And they had that huge play, 19 yards, that was like, oh, my God. Everyone just fell for Ibrahim diving. And Mr. Alphabet was able to to gash Iowa. So I, I think it was just, man, it was just – they did. They did the. They did the exact thing that I would have wanted them to do in that situation. I, I, I struggle saying what I'm about to say, but you, you, you set the table doing the exact thing. What was it? Scratch where they itched, right? Like, yep. And again, to, to bring up like the brain part. I mean, again. I'm I'm just scared of the vindication that the greater Iowa football industrial complex is going to serve on a platter. I haven't I haven't I didn't listen to the post game press conference. Did you? I haven't seen any quotes come out. All I saw was a picture of Kirk hugging Jack Campbell. And if that doesn't light your fire, then your wood is wet, right? Like you just have yeah. to yeah you have to feel something. Um, I mean, he he absolutely beasted this game, and I feel like oh my this God. year, every every game that we've won, we've had one defensive player has just put their mark on it in an incredible way. I mean, last game it was Dejean. Yep. Um, I think like Merriweather had a game, maybe it was the Rutgers game, where he was just damn good. I mean, we've got at least half this defense is gonna go pro, and it's just so sad that the offense, if it was average we'd be thumping the West and we'd be talking about, okay, we've got a puncher's chance against Michigan or OSU, you know? So, I mean, I definitely get the disappointment, but what are you going to do? I mean, if you got a shot to win the West, you kind of got to like, it's out of our control anyway. We might as well just root for our team. And I mean, if the right people get pissed, they get pissed. I mean, if the money doesn't get pissed, then we're going to have another year of this shit. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, six years, Spencer Petra is coming right up. Yeah, oh my God. but I, I, you know, my point about Ibrahim too, it's like, are you guys impressed with how many good backs there are in the Big Ten right now? I mean, we've got Caleb Johnson, who I think is going to be, I mean, he's already real damn good, but then he's not he even could be great. What, in the yeah. top four in the conference right now with um, Corum and Ibrahim and then, um, uh, What's his I name? Mean, Brown. Chase, Chase Brown. He's so good. Oh, I watched guys. that game, yeah. obviously, and earlier today. Allen, yeah. It was, it was tough because I like that Illinois team a lot. I think they're they're fun to watch. They play really tough, and he's a damn good back. And I kind of like Brett Bielema, too. So it's almost like, eh, no matter what happens in this game, I'm happy because if Michigan's sad, that makes me happy. But obviously, them losing opens up the path for Iowa, so that's good for for me too but yeah 
that was the other point I wanted to make. Just a lot of good good running back talent in the Big Ten right now. It really is incredible. And, and it's like it, it does suit the conference well, especially the Big Ten West. And I'm pretty sure isn't Minnesota's their their number one running back last year after Ibrahim got hurt. His last name's Irving. I think isn't he the starting running back for Oregon? Uh he is, right yeah. now too. Yeah. So could have been even could have been even stronger. All righty. We'll we'll keep it open. Yeah. Hey, anybody, anybody else want to anything in? else? Ooh. Chris H. Chris Holterhouse. Let's go. Good strong Iowa name. Tis indeed. Hello, Chris. How are you? Oh, whoops. Oops, sorry. First time sorry. doing it. So. No, that was me. <laughs> okay, I got the mic. First time, long time, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, games like that are just why you become a fan. I mean, I know this this year has been pretty much down the shitter, but a game like that, I mean, it was very enjoyable. And one thing that I wanted to call out on that is kind of ironic, the Jack Campbell interception, who made it happen? Riley Moss. So he fucked over Minneapolis one last yep. time. So I found that pretty ironic. <laughs> he did. So, yep. But yep. With, yep. with this kind of win, you know, with the type of week that we've been having, and it's been so much um, with Brian and all his faults, I mean, we're just putting up with it at this point. But with the news with, you know, what's going on with Proctor and what's going on with him and the anxiety that's been building on for a win like this, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely a salve. Like, I, I mean, I think I, – I don't know if it would have – how much it would have hurt if they lost because it would have felt like, oh, the better team won. But I think when – or that that would have been the logic I used. But the, the fact that, to your point, there's a lot of weirdness going on. It's always nice to hang your hat on something at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Now there's three teams that got to depend on Nebraska of all teams to salvage whatever seasons that they have left. They have to depend on Nebraska. Which really, every other year, you can't really go over them because they seem to play us as their best. But this year, I don't know. I don't know about them. We'll yeah. see. I mean, they're they're doing what they do. That that Wisconsin score was wild. Mark, Depending on terrible. Nebraska, is not. I mean, why do you want to even do that? You bring up a good point like recruiting implications, I guess, of this game is for all the, you know, the Midwest, aren't, I'm not even going to try and think about what, how many Minnesota recruits I was in the hunt for, but I guess, yeah, with the, with the Caden Proctor situation, I don't want to postulate anything, but if Iowa keeps on winning, you know, that certainly makes you feel a little bit better about that circumstance. Not that I feel great about it, but I guess the 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 counter to my pessimism this whole time is like, I mean, don't you want Iowa to win? Don't you want them to be good? Don't you want them to set the table for future success? And there's no better way than to arrange those placemats than by racking up Ws. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you. Like I said, it gets to a point where we stop worrying about how Iowa wins and start caring only about the win. And 
it, it's nice to to have the wins. I'm gonna add Grant Baker. There we go. Hello, Grant. Uh, I think I might have muted you. Can you get me now? You are on. It feels like it's been a long time, like not at all this season, where there's been like real juice inside Kinnick because everyone's just been so pissed off at the offense. I don't know. I feel like the vibe's different now in the fan base. Like you mentioned it, like we've just accepted that the offense sucks and now we only care about winning. I feel like we're all in a good spot right now as fans and there's going to be like real juice inside Kinnick for maybe only the first or second time this season. And I think the way that the players have finished this season, like they deserve that. So I'm really excited for the players that they get to finish their senior year with some real enthusiasm inside the stadium. That's a fantastic point. Like I I think you hit the nail on the head that the only juice that's been on this team for a while has been the boo birds. And that's never fun. What, whatever you think of booing college kids, um, but to have a real chance to celebrate at home and to celebrate with, uh, you know, maybe they're able to take the trophy and do it on the field. But that's a hypothetical, and I think Nebraska will be doing their best to make sure that doesn't happen. But to have that as a possibility is definitely super exciting for everyone involved because, you know, it's sold out. And that's exciting for, for everyone. That, that was my biggest takeaway from the Northwestern game was after three straight losses where they were getting shit on by, I mean, rightfully so, by national pundits on national television. You just have to, all jokes aside, you have to be so happy for these kids um, because, I mean, sure, you can make the argument, yeah, they deserve whatever is coming at them, but also more than anything, they deserve better. And, you know, what is, uh, again, keep on saying it over and over again, but winning solves a lot of problems. And the biggest problem, I think, was just negativity and maybe facts for this Iowa team. But uh, a W is a fact, too. And now another winning season secured in the books, another bowl eligibility, another bowl game, and now more more than anything championship implications are still on the table going into the last game of the season and what do you say that's what you play for Harrison and that's what we blog for the defense kind of taken on its own like just against the world they just kept saying <laughs> that's because that's 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 they just say you didn't believe in us world, you yeah. gave us shit you know, black heart gold pants kept shitting on us, so we're going to try to prove them wrong, you know. And I think Seth Benson made a comment about it here this evening. So, but I'll say this. I mean, and Lysico tweeted this. He basically said that Jack Campbell is the best Iowa linebacker ever. Do you think he's true on that statement? I always thought it was anger. Hmm. And then anger said, no, it's Josie Jewell. But I, I think I have to... I have to go with Campbell. Like, just he's so big, and he does all the things that Jewel did. I think all the great linebackers kind of precede me. As a Minnesota Vikings fan, I don't know, you know, I'm probably feeling Greenway 
Um, God, even like you think about it, like Kirksey still like he had an incredible career, but he just was on bad teams. But Campbell, mm-hmm. I think Campbell is going to be a first round draft pick. Right. And that just doesn't happen. And that I think he, yeah. I think so. What he's six, three, the middle linebacker who doesn't need one of those. It just, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's the best, but he could, I think he could certainly be settled to have the best maybe NFL career. And that speaks a lot to what, um, what he's been doing. And I just wish, you know, things would have worked out better for this entire defense. Yeah. Each of the linebackers had stellar performances, but I think with Jack, it seems that he's, he's basically, he basically has the whole team on his back on each of these games. Like you look at his stat line, specifically this one, uh, an interception should have been a touchdown, uh, forced fumble. Like he's willing this team into win. Like I'm not for sure if there's an MVP of the last few games, obviously the defense as a whole, but to me, primarily he's the MVP now for how, how great, you know, Campbell and Greenway, um, Kirksey, Morris Hitchens, all those guys, you know, I just can't recall an impact that a linebacker had except Jack. So I'm, it's, I'm sure it'll be a debate moving forward here for years to come, but I agree with you there. I definitely believe that he should be a first round draft pick. I thought he was probably at best a second, maybe a third, but the way he's playing and I'm sure he'll continue to play. He is. I think he's a first rounder. I'd, I think I'd the echo, thing that was, oh, go I'd ahead, echo that he's wrong. the greatest. I mean, I, I was an undergrad at the same time as Chad Greenway. So I saw him play a lot. He was a tackle machine, but I'll just echo that. I think uh, Jack is the best. And I thought Josie was the best. Um, so and he's going to be a great pro, no question. Yeah, I think what maybe Campbell was missing was like that signature moment like tonight. I don't know if that's a super hot take, but I think that... That's a great point. It's, yeah, I don't want to nitpick, but like Jewel, maybe some of his worst games are on the biggest stages too, which yeah. might hurt. It's it's just, that's the way it works. All right, I think we'll close out with Teresa and then we'll go ahead and uh, call it a night. Hi, Teresa. How are you? Good. Thanks for um, having me. I was just kind of following up on your offensive um, thoughts. So um, I've seen quite a bit that people are saying, you know, if anybody boos Spencer on Friday, they'll come over and punch them personally in the face, which I think is warranted after all the shit that he's taken this season. But I do think it's interesting that um, he's never been voted a team captain. Um, So I don't know if that's any thought. On that, And then the other thing is, um, I don't know if you've checked out gopherhole.com today, but it's like a circular firing ring. And I'm wondering if PJ Fleck is in on the hot seat versus Iowa and Wisconsin, which is, you know, not, I can, not what they're I can assure for. you I have not checked out gopherhole.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, but, yeah. I mean, sure. If they're going to fire PJ Flack, who are they going to like? Who wants to come and coach the Gophers, right? Come, it's just, I think it's kind of foolish. Those are big facts. But those are big facts. I love, love the shot on Troy, you know, again, Minnesota family, Gopher family. And um, they thought PJ was what the coming, the second coming of God, who was their last good coach, uh, <laughs> Lou Holtz. <laughs> like, come on. 
give me give me a break. No, I think yeah, your no. point about Spencer. If anyone tries to boo him when he's walking out on the field to give his mom a flower, that would be just the absolute coldest, most unwarranted thing of all time. So, like, I, I, I'm with you there. Like, there's people should not do that. Um, and he's sh- he's shown a lot of resilience because he's played well the last four or five weeks. Wisconsin accepted. Everyone plays poorly against Wisconsin. Shall we, I guess, wrap yeah. this up, Ben? Yeah, I was talking for a second there, but I was on mute. Um, yeah, everybody plays poorly against Wisconsin, I guess, lately. We'll see. But uh, I'm ready to call us tonight. I've got this coyotes howling in the background. If you can hear, i got to close up the ranch here. All righty. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks to all the speakers for popping on. Appreciated the commentary. This will actually go up. Uh, on our podcast feed so i am i've not been doing that lately because they've been the, the mini ones but um thanks everyone for joining go hawks hawks state go hawks